Hello everyone. Welcome to a single tree podcast number eight. I'm Joel. I'm Brandon. Good morning. Welcome. I'm glad you're here with us. We are grateful that you're listening and and uh, giving us feedback and comments and questions. It's a it's been a great experience for us, and um, we're thrilled that maybe we can offer something that's helpful. And um, just love the process of hearing from you and being able to um, incorporate your your comments and feedback and questions into what we're doing here and would love it if you'd um, go to our Facebook page or get on SoundCloud and uh, find a single tree podcast and just give us some feedback, some comments and questions and um, let us know what you're thinking about. Today we're going to talk about dualistic thinking which is uh, something that we all can be guilty of. It's a, it's a natural thing that our brains do. Um, but first, we wanted to continue to talk just a little bit more about grief, which we've been covering for two or three podcasts here. And, and um, you know, we've had some questions and feedback, which we love and is appreciated. And many of you are really trying to um, do some of these things that we're talking about and, and interact with them in your own lives. And that's awesome. Um, we're, we're doing the same. And, um, you know, one of the obvious questions that comes up, uh, for people and for us is, is just, um, you know, if, if, uh, grief is happening all the time, if it's happening consistently or even constantly in our lives, you know, how do we function? Mm-hmm. How do we go on living life because you know there are times when we just have to sort of say it is what it is and move on and you know live life and uh so you know maybe we could talk just a little bit about how we go between um you know being in grief and paying attention to that paying attention to our experience of it the feelings that come along with that and then how do we just um keep moving yeah, keep moving, decide <laughs> it is what it is. There's nothing we can do to change it and keep moving on. Yeah. You want to speak to that? Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I think that phrase it is what it is is it is an interesting one. And um I think I think everyone can kind of agree that 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 phrase sums up just, you know, the truth of the situation or that, you know, something is happening and and it exists. Well, you know, so that's true. Right. It's true. Right. But, um, you know, that it can be tricky um, because we're faced with the truth of what's happening every single day uh really the question is how do we feel about the truth and what are we doing with it you know mm-hmm. and that's why i think we find ourselves talking about grief so much is because that's what helps us deal with the truth you mm-hmm. know and so 
Yeah, you know, hopefully over the last, you know, couple of weeks since we've been talking about grief, people don't have this expectation. And I think we've spoken to it a couple of times where the expectation isn't that we just, um, you know, uh, dress in black and have this negative orb around us, you know. Yeah, uh, not that dressing in black is wrong. Right. Or bad. It happens to be one of my favorite colors. It's great. You're wearing black right now. <laughs> exactly. A black scarf on a black sweater. Exactly. With black boots. With black boots. Right. <laughs> black is okay. Exactly. So the you know, the expectation isn't that we're just gonna, you know, muddle around life in, in this in this deep grief. Uh-huh. You know, and so, you know, the the the, the question is where where is the balance between honoring the natural grief that is inside us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to kind of say it is what it is and accept the truth, right? Mm-hmm. That seems to be the question. And um, it can be it can be tricky. Uh, it's it is what it is. That phrase can be a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. Um. If that's all you're saying if, all the time, it, about right? Everything. If 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 that phrase is is your whole process and the main mechanism for you getting through life, well, then really it is what it is. Is essentially just an intellectual, cognitive recognition of of something that's happening. Well, okay, it's there, it there's is, it always is exactly. Is. There's some of it. <laughs> but what about the rest? Yeah. And so um I think what I think what I would um encourage people to do, um it's something that I try to practice is um is to find some balance in that. What mm-hmm. what does that balance look like all of the time for everybody? I don't know that we should even spend time talking about that because it's that's a pretty subjective deal Mm -hmm. um and i don't think we need to be telling people what that balance looks like in every experience of their life but i think the most important thing is that we can talk about just the need for for balance if Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yeah I, i would say it's important to be able to grieve when you need to sure for sure Right. To be able to go into that and, and not to use it is what it is as a defense that will help you avoid doing the work of grief. Um, that doesn't mean that you need to be in grief constantly um, because, you, you know, your body and your brain and your heart won't even allow you to do that anyway. You will have to, you, it, would, it will kind of be like going underneath the surface and then you know, coming back up for air or just, just becoming buoyant. Um, and so, sometimes the, uh, the ability to just be able to say it is what it is and move on and go ahead and live life is a good adaptation to be able to make, to be able to, to move forward. But then I would just say the, the ability to go ahead and enter grief and be able to face what you need to face as far as your own emotions and, and things like that so, is also a really important ability. So then may, maybe what 
what what we're talking about is that um you know say it is what it is all day long that's that's fine yeah. but at least at least be able to say it is what it is and know how you're feeling about what is presented to you yeah that doesn't mean that you need to um go home and be in the depths of the emotion of that mm-hmm. but at least to be able to just say it is what it is and know how you're feeling and be aware of how you're feeling um open to it acknowledge it mm-hmm. and work with it. it which is essentially a grief yeah it's good it's good to be able to put um how you're feeling in your pocket maybe and just go ahead and live life because you're not you know if you have to go to work or whatever or whatever you have to do that day uh you're not going to be able to just like be fully 100 percent in the grief all day long you can put it in your pocket know that it's there and go ahead and function normally and then you can go back to it when you need to yeah there was a a, a question um that i was asked last week you know um that were along those lines of well so if 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 you if if you if you know you're grieving how do you just how do you just go on throughout throughout your day and and so d- does that mean that you're just sad all day and you know the answer that came to my mind was that sometimes you are are sad all day yeah, sure but that but that doesn't okay. mean that you present in this dark and dreary way all day you know i've i've come to the place to where sometimes not all the time that i can i can i can be sad about something that i'm grieving about i can be Mm -hmm. aware of 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 something that i'm feeling sad about in the morning but i i go throughout my day and i can i can be present and and can smile and laugh and Mm-hmm. Um, make jokes and engage with people all all while all the while carrying this sadness in my pocket i think that's a great ex- expression um yeah. or, ex- or or example um when you say keeping it in your pocket it it doesn't mean that that paints the whole of our consciousness right it, it doesn't mean right. that that we're um anchored in that and that is just the whole of our existence but we 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 carry it with us. We know what's there, but we're not we're not wholly limited to just having that experience. That mm-hmm. that it can be that we can have a robust experience throughout the day, even though we're feeling sad about something. That's there. There's balance in that, and once again, balance is just one of those fundamental things that we need for being in this world and for healing balance is, is, is yeah. necessary. So. Yeah. And, and also, uh, it's complex. You can have a complex experience. You can be sad and happy at the same time, which is a beautiful segue into this discussion on it is trying to, <laughs> it is to, to, to think about and practice this, this non-dualism. Yes. You know, and even the phrase, it is what it is. It is that is a non-dualistic statement. Um, so, so dualistic thinking. We should take just a minute and try to 
describe what that is. But but basically, you know, some people we think of it as either or thinking, or we think of it as black and white thinking. It's basically our brains and and our tendency to divide things into good and bad, black and white, either this or that. And you know, uh, you could also think of it as judging. You could think of it as judging a person or judging a circumstance or a situation in your life or judging the world itself, good or bad. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about dualistic thinking, which you can see is the most natural thing in the world to do, is to take a look at something and to judge it, to start to say it's good or bad. And, and even further than that, we, we start to categorize things or analyze things and, and put them in categories and say it's either this or that. Yes. And that process, like you said, happens naturally. Why? Because we have an organ called the brain. Yes. And our darned brain. Right. So, and the brain does that. Um, essentially from my perspective on a fundamental level, the brain's concerned with safety. And so it has to more than anything else, be able to separate safe from danger. Right. Mm -hmm. So because it is so ingrained in us, um, in the context of, of, of dualism, we have to accept that it is what it is that that's what that's what happens in our in our consciousness um through the mechanism of 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 the brain right mm-hmm. um <clears throat> in in my own exploration of all of this i think when i first started um exploring this this dualism um i made some important mistakes that were good I think I just tried to get to the point to where I, I, I wouldn't experience any judging at all or wouldn't judge anything at all. And that quickly, um, I recognized it's just pretty futile because uh-huh. the brain's going to, the brain's going to do its thing. So out of that really important, um, mistake that I made, I, I quickly realized, oh, okay. So, Yes, I have this brain. It it will judge. There's really nothing that you can do to just totally disintegrate that that initial process. You can't what, turn that turn that off. Right. You can't turn your brain off. You, well, yeah, you totally. can't you can't turn that you can't turn that switch off. Um, and so what I realized is okay. Well, th- then this is this is just this is just step step one of an experience Mm -hmm. but you know the whole reason why i'm engaging in any of of this non-dualism or you know spiritual stuff is to have a more robust deeper experience Mm -hmm. so then you know if, if we can just accept that that's just kind of step one and know that we can just move on from that initial step of you know what the brain does is judging and 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 kind of go deeper than that then then we can move beyond the initial yeah. you know 
judgment of what what the brain feels like it needs to do yeah it's step one we'll talk a little bit about you know what are the other steps after that that you can um, use to have a more robust experience but it's also you know this dualistic thinking that the brain's tendency to divide things um, based on categories is also usually the first thing that happens right. um, when we encounter someone or we encounter a, a circumstance for instance the the brain just goes to work it starts to try to understand the thing that's in front of us right and and the analysis and categorization that the brain does to try to understand something is that dualistic thinking um, it starts to divide and say this is good or this is bad this is safe this is dangerous uh, this is black or this is white um, and that's and that's part of the normal process of our our understanding something um, and so yeah just what you're saying is trying to shut that process down or, or to make it not happen at all is probably not going to be possible uh, I mean I, I it, at least all the time right I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone. Maybe someone can. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the goal. But <laughs> right. So what 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 I'm finding is that the more I have just once once I realized that I had made a really important initial mistake, and realized that okay, this is just a natural. This is step one. This is what the brain will do, and this is step one. And my only my only job is to keep to keep moving deeper than just step one. What's happened is the process has helped me um, engage new experiences and that step one seems to be uh, s softer and more flexible hmm. yeah. so so my my willingness to to accept step one and go beyond it that process has helped step one in new experiences over time mm -hmm. soften mm -hmm. Good. So let's talk about an example of what we're talking about, where you would do step one, and then we'll, you know, later talk about what comes after that. You know, so let's, let's just say you're, you're approaching your, your day today, and there are, you know, some things that you're looking forward to this day, and there's some things that you're not looking forward to that sound boring or difficult or stressful, right? So your your brain is going to start analyzing your day and it's gonna, um, you know, pick out some of the parts that it does like and some of the parts that it doesn't like. Uh, but the goal is really to accept the day that's in front of you, okay? The, the judging of the day by your brain isn't necessarily a bad process. That's just your brain's way of sort of trying to um, understand and get a hold of uh, whatever you're getting ready to experience this day. Okay, but um, what you're saying is, as you it, if you just see uh, that categorization or that analysis of the day as step one you say okay that's what my brain's doing and it becomes softer and mm. so um, instead of 
maybe worrying about so much about the parts of your day that are going to be bad, your brain consider that your brain considers bad, and and depending on the things that your brain considers good to help you make it through the day, you can start accepting maybe the whole day as it is with both parts, good and bad. Yeah, I think I think at least for me in the in the beginning stages of 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 all of that is that my my brain would just do the same thing all day. Mm-hmm. This is good. This is bad. Right. Whereas, uh, that's re- totally redundant. You know, I, I heard the, I can't, I, I won't try to say exactly what percentage, but there's, there are researchers who say, you know, a large percent of our, of our thinking is actually completely redundant. Just needless. And Just needless and completely you've already, redundant. You've already done that part, so. Right. And so, I even thought about that this this morning when I woke up. You know, the the brain did step one right in about ten minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, looking forward to this. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just kind of going on about my morning while you know, the brain's doing this ten minute assessment or judgment or whatever, mm-hmm. and then after that, it just kind of, it just kind of faded away. Whereas before i probably would have just you know i i used to go throughout my day um and it was my brain was just kind of stuck in step 1 mm-hmm. all day does Which that is not helpful right it, yeah. and most so most of my thought content and mental mental energy was just totally redundant just judging everything you see, right? Where good or bad? Where now it's like okay, the the ten minutes of, the, of of that's done. Now I can just, you know, go into the day and walk into it and mm-hmm. do it. So, so what's step two? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know that I've have actually tried to. <laughs> we didn't lay this out ahead of time. <laughs> it's true. There was no pre- preparation for this. Um, <laughs> step two, I think, is just kind of has to do more with just just beingness and just being mm-hmm. present. Yeah, can't be present if there if there's this this mental. Activity of, um, you know, I don't like this, or uh, I like this, or this is um, frustrating. You know, all of that stuff. It's that is is difficult. So really, step two is just doing and being. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't need to. Yeah. After all of the 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 judgments of my ten minutes this morning, um, <laughs> ran their course. Well, what what's left to do for your day? Well, well, it's it's doing and being in it. What what people normally do, though, when they, you know, look at their day and they say these are the parts that I do like or that I'm looking forward to. These parts are good, and you know the other parts are bad, and I don't want them. Is you know we we typically spend our time trying to avoid the things that are bad. And, and just trying to do more of the things that we like. You know, I mean, we all certainly do things that we don't like and, 
and don't want to do. Um, but, you know, either we're trying to avoid them by, you know, expanding the parts in our day that are that we like, that are good, or we mentally kind of avoid the things that are that we that we view as bad. Um, we, we try not to pay attention to those things because we don't like the unpleasant feelings that come along with paying attention to them. And so, you know, if you're going throughout your day in the dualistic thinking, um, then you're going to spend basically all your time judging things and then trying to avoid the things that are bad and move toward the things that are that your that your brain is judging is good right where where what's really important for us to do is is to accept the whole day with the good and the bad so step one is you know you're not going to be able to avoid your brain kind of judging um, and assigning some value to probably everything that happens um, but step two might be okay there's some good and bad in my day and i'm going to try to encounter and accept the whole of it, which is going to be this mix of good and bad things. Then it just becomes the day. Then, now it's just the day. Right. It, it is. It's, what it my, is. it's my day. It's not a bad day. It's mm-hmm. not a good day. It's just it's day. My, my day, which was filled with, you know. Things. These, these, <laughs> these, these things that I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so we go back to that phrase, you know, it is what it is. This day is, you know, that's, that's what I like to say. It is, you know, we're, we're in the habit of saying, this is good. This is bad. You know, every day you encounter people who ask you how you're doing, right. Asking you to assign some value, good or bad to yourself and how you're doing that day. How's your existence today? You know, good or bad, right. Usually we say good so we can move on and you know do do the thing we were we were doing before um but it's just inherent in all of our thinking we constantly say this is good this is bad and there's a right and we're pretty complex beings you know and so that that dualism can really limit our complexity and our experience which is not true to our experience it's not true at all sure well beingness can't be limited to good or bad you know and that's what we're supposed to be doing here you know is is being here yeah not not judging here or or anything yeah i had a i had a friend who you know you'd ask him how he was doing and he would always say i don't know (laughs) you know which is this was really (laughs) helpful to me i'd like to use that i should use it more often but um because basically, like, your experience of life every day is so complex. Like, how do you just sum it up? And, you know, that's what people say, fine, you know, because yeah. they're, they're making it. They're surviving that day, right? So they're fine. Uh, but if you were to really get into how you're doing, how, how is your existence today? It would be this super long conversation every time. <laughs> um, because you're, you might be feeling sad and you might be feeling happy in the same day. At right. the same time. Yeah, it takes that's he's meeting that question with some honesty, yeah. right? And understands that that's a pretty complex. Yeah. Or you could just say it's complicated. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. And then people would think you're. People would probably think that you're in a bad mood or not doing well. Did you say that? But right, because they could, judge it as. <laughs> yeah, but actually, you could say that every day, and it would be very accurate. Right. It's right. Com- it's complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So step two is is to kind of just try to accept both the good and the bad. You you don't have to necessarily stop making those judgments. You just have to be willing to receive both and and just try to be with your day. I think you did a good, yeah, I think you did a good job at summing up what we would call step two, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly allows at least for me, a, a more robust experience and just freedom to be more, to be more present, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You could just be more present to the, to the reality of things, to the complexity of your experience. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, you know, it, 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 it seems like, That, you know, it seems to, to happen naturally that the, the brain will, especially in the morning for me, in, a, in, a, in about 10 minutes really does kind of go throughout the, the trajectory of the day and does, does its little necessary judging thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I let it now, whereas in, in the beginning I used to resi- resist it, but you know, I let it, I let it do its little judging thing and then, you know, once it's done, I'm I'm able to kind of uh, be present and go throughout my day. And then, it seems like the experience I'm having now is that everything just runs together. You know, it's not a day f- full of separate, you know, separate separate things. Um there seems to be just this con- continuity to where all of the things are just blended together. Mm-hmm. It's like the exp- it's like the example that you used earlier when you're using in- ingredients and mixing mm-hmm. them into the bowl, the flour and the water or whatever, you know, and the raisins. Yeah. Once you put them in the bowl and mix them together, they're not separate anymore. They're they're together, and One so substance. right. And mm-hmm. so what what se- what seems to be happening now is that um, my day doesn't feel as fragmented or as broken up into these mm-hmm. separate experiences. They're just there's just this there's it's more fluid. It's almost just like a a day is no longer comprised as or divided up into crappy things that I did or great things that I did. It's just this like one experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is becomes a whole lot more manageable. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just way easier to, to, to kind of, live live life that way you know as opposed to just um 
dodging and shifting through all of these yeah. fragmented experiences of your day. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. stressful. You you might you might say that it, you have a more cohesive experience. Mm -hmm. so, so instead of you know something bad comes along like a a bad meeting that you don't want to do, um, a difficult task that you don't want to do comes along. Um, you're able to really encounter it and experience it in a softer way, like you said, and and it's it, and it's with less anxiety and angst. Right? The, yeah, that's. I think that's a really good word to use. You're you're able to encounter it. The day just becomes one one big encounter, as as opposed to all of these mm -hmm. separate fragmented encounters that you're beginning and ending and um, preparing for and being done with and then you're getting ready for another one that's stressful yeah it's just a more fluid approach to life uh -huh. yeah our our the dualistic thinking is something that is um is probably inherent in our anxiousness our anxiousness creates dualistic thinking, um, but also, you know, our tendency to divide things into categories. Our dualistic thinking kind of breeds anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, it, it it could be thought of as anxiety itself. You know, your brain's tendency to need safety, like you were saying, as opposed to in, in avoiding danger. Um, you know, is is that's what anxiety is? Yeah. Anxiety is avoiding, avoiding for of avoiding danger, or just in another way, just getting ready for something. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, if you're if you're getting ready for the hundreds of things that you're gonna do throughout the day, and you're getting ready for each each one of them separately, and then being done with them, having this relief, and then getting anxious again about this next separate thing and then having this relief yeah. it's almost like you're going through this process of being anxious and then having this relief and then anxious and then having this relief and then anxious and then having this relief yeah. which is stressful to the mind and and yeah. body I, I mean yeah. at least for me whereas we, when you can just accept life as it is and not judge it then you can just live this more fluid, cohesive experience, just receiving and accepting everything that comes along. Yeah, when the day when the day just becomes grows into just one one whole encounter, that's why I think that word's so good. It, your body isn't going through this up and down of of stress and relief and stress and relief and stress and relief. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a process, the process again. You know, if you were going to try to do this, live a little bit more in non-dualistic thinking, you would go ahead and allow your brain to uh, do the thing that it does, just judge the things. Um, you you might identify. Exactly. You know, be, be for, for me, it would be probably the, the first step before even step one is just being aware of when it's happening. Right. Yeah. And that we have happening. we have to be aware of when it's happening so that we can 
differentiate from it so that we can mm-hmm. so that we can do something with it if we don't know if we don't know we have hair we can't brush it right we have to be aware that we have hair to brush it right. it's the same thing we have to be aware that the brain is doing this dualism dance mm-hmm. if you want to call it that mm-hmm. and then out of that awareness then we can let step one take you know take its course and then understand and start to notice when it becomes redundant because the mm-hmm. the brain naturally will just do step one all day long. It'll cycle, cycle in and out of it all day long. The idea is to get to the point to where you're realizing when the dualism is happening. Number two, allowing or <clears throat> allowing that step to happen. And then just noticing when it's becoming redundant and yeah, it's it's necessary for your brain to do that. That's your brain's job. Right. But when it's done with its job, it's okay to move into something else. And you're, yeah. So differentiating from it means yourself observes your brain doing its thing, doing its job, and once it is done, yourself um, can actually be present and encounter everything that is, without judging it. So much. The great encounter. Great encounter. <laughs> of the yes. day. <laughs> yes. Every single day. We were, we were talking about, you know, kind of this dualism of um, boredom and novelty. You know, every, every day is filled with some things that are boring, usually, and then some things that are sort of exciting or novel experiences, right? And, and truthfully, every day is a mixture of of boredom and novelty you're gonna you're gonna experience some very mundane everyday things every day and you're also gonna experience maybe some things that are more interesting um and those are uh you know we tend to divide those into two parts of a whole but actually it's it's maybe better to think of it as the recipe when you mix the flour and the water together they become one substance and really our our existence is equal parts, you know, boredom and novelty, right? And so we have this, again, we have this tendency to, to divide those and see them as opposites, but they're actually combined in the same experience sometimes. Yeah, they don't exist. One doesn't exist without the other. We wouldn't be able to recognize boredom without novelty Yeah, and the other way around. They stand in contrast to but one they're, another. Right, but they are parts of the same substance absolutely they're they Existence. can't they can't be they can't be separated <laughs> yeah so the non-dualistic thinking is just about encountering the day or whatever's in front of you and seeing it for what it is in all its complexity seeing your own experience for what it is in all its complexity um, seeing other people for what they are and all of their complexity. So, you know, another another good example of this is, you know, when we encounter people, when we when we talk to them and interact with them, we have the same tendency to judge and and categorize people, right? We judge them good and bad, we we put them in stereotypical categories. Um and you know, when we when we do that, we fail to really get to know and understand other people's 
existence and experience and story for what it really is mm. in, in all of its complexity. If you, if you talk to people for any amount of time, you will almost always be surprised, you know, um, we, we tend to, you know, put them in categories and assume that certain things are true because they belong to this, um, certain subset of people and, and we're constantly surprised. So, um, in that example, it's, it's good to, um, try to move into non-dualistic thinking and just become a learner about other people, hmm. you know, ask them questions about the complexity of their experience. It may not be exactly the same as your experience or, or what you assumed people like them, how they experience life. It's almost like what you're talking about is that we should, we should try to, to work with encountering the whole. Yes. The whole of a person, the whole of a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to try to have the whole experience. Yeah, just be honest about all of that complexity and that, you know, life and, and people are this this mixture of lots of different things. Not even not even two things, like a million things, right? Um, <laughs> the devil's in the dualism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or the details. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and you know, honestly, if you look at one person, they are they are a they are maybe a thousand or a million dualisms, right? They are good and they are bad. They are this and they're that and they're this and they're that. Um, you know, there's, there's all these examples um, of dualisms that are all contained within one person. You know, hmm. they are kind and they are harsh, you know. Um, and so just trying to understand one single person it's important that we um, just keep asking questions and take a take a posture of curiosity um, and that's why it's you know people's stories are so important right it's you know people won't describe themselves to you in categories you know I mean they might sometimes but you know it's much easier and much truer to their experience to just tell you their story right because contained in their story is all of the complexities and, you know, the way they've experienced certain things in their life, lives have made them who they are. And, you know, story can contain all of this complexity that we're talking about. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it speaks to, it speaks to the whole. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, I think that's good. Yeah. So, so it'd be a good practice just when you're encountering people, um, to just try to learn about them. You won't, you won't be able to shut down your, your judgments, your black and white dualistic thinking about them. But, um, and the idea is to just observe that process and let it happen, but you don't have to attach to it as if it's you really doing it or that you don't have to follow that path every time that I think what yeah. kind of what we're speaking to is that, you know, when, when we have these experiences that are so internal and so inherent, we, they're so natural. They're, they're just, it's just the path we take. Right. Yeah. 
And I think so much of what this, what we're talking about is, is being able to, um, pull back from that perspective and be able to identify, um, a crossroad, not a crossroads, but just the, the opportunity to, um, to take, to take a different, a, a different path, mm-hmm. um, a different, a different path of thinking, right? A, a different, mm-hmm. a different path of, of, of existing. So the idea is that, you know, the, the brain's going to, the brain's going to do its deal and we can stay in observance of that. And, um, when we can stay in observance of that, we can take a different path into a deeper way that kind of leads us into the hole, not into the hole in the ground, but the whole, (laughs) the collective or or more robust experience. experience. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know, another, way that we could judge people is uh, weak or strong, you know, so, so we might be talking with someone who's in pain. Um, and it, it, it might be a, a tendency of ours at certain times to view them as weak if they're experiencing pain and they're, especially if they're telling us about it. Right. Um, and so the dualistic thinking would say either this person is weak or they are strong. Right. And if we start to see them as weak only and, and we're giving getting evidence to, um, you know, back that up, then we're, you know, we're staying in that dualistic thinking where we're actually every person is weak and strong. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that that dualism there, which you won't be able to avoid doing. But to move kind of into a different path of thinking would be to be able to say to yourself internally, this person is weak, yes, but this person is also strong, mm-hmm. right? And and so, and when you start to think of them that way, you open your mind up to finding the ways this person is strong. That's powerful in the context of relationships, yeah. right? Because if we're stuck in dualism, then the dualism really, really constricts the narratives that we can have about people and it's hard to have a relationship with someone when our when our narratives of them are so constricted um so what you're saying is is that when we can kind of start to differentiate from and be more aware of the process of 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 dualism and kind of walk a different path then our narratives start to follow suit and become more robust and that will be a mm-hmm. tangible there will, there will be a tangible expression in our experience and the quality of not only ourselves but our relationships mm-hmm. that's that's powerful stuff yeah if you can only see a person as weak you have constricted your narrative of them and you may even be restricting them from discovering their strength right or or the way that you interact with them is going to be based on your narrative about them which is that they are weak if you're not able to accept the fact that they may also be strong yes yeah so this is just kind of an introduction to yeah dualistic and non-dualistic thinking 
right. love to hear your thoughts and, and questions about this, how you see yourself doing this. We all do it. Again, it's impossible impossible to avoid. It will happen. Your, your brain's job is actually to categorize and analyze things and divide things into categories, which is, you know, useful for 10 minutes. And then, uh, you know, once it's done its job, it's important for us and ourselves to be able to move into a more robust, a more whole experience of the complexity of life and ourselves and other people. So the idea then is to, you know, kind of if, if people um, are listening, then they can just kind of work with work with step two or step one, be aware of when step one is happening. Right. And then um, really, actually, that's probably the most important thing that you can do is just be aware of when step one is happening. Yes. Know what step one is. And then once you focus on that and once you get good at noticing when step one is happening, um, what that looks like, how you experience it. Once your awareness of that grows, when you know it's happening, then, then you can naturally start working on, on step two. And, um, you know, as we always say, it would be really interesting to hear people's feedback on, on what their experiences are of, of kind of like working on step one and, and step two. We just have to remind ourselves that we're not our brains and, you know, we're not our brains. We're not. Yeah. Your brain is our, an organ doing a job. Exactly. We're, we're, we're the awareness and the consciousness that is noticing mm-hmm. what the brain does. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're speaking to and trying to cultivate more of. So. Yeah. Another thing that you could do if you wanted to practice this would be to, uh, you know, kind of take stock of your day one day or every day. And instead of just saying, you know, this part of my day is going to be good and this part of my day is going to be bad, try to give it some more language and describe it in more detail. So saying this part of my day is going to be difficult for me. It's going to give me all of these different feelings like frustration and fear or that's the way I'm going to respond to that part of my day and saying what you know what are the things that I like about these other parts of my day just to to sort of give your experience a little more complexity instead of just saying this is good this is bad and trying to avoid the bad things and move toward the good things so give that a try let us know what you all think If you have any questions or things that we can address in the future, that would be great. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.